Hello and welcome to the final edition of um, your Sports Memo podcast for the year 2019. In this edition, we're going to try to um, ask, speak to a few people to, for them to give us their three outstanding football moments of the decade. That's from 2010 to 2019. Um, we've, we've got quite a number of people lined up. Femi, what will be your own um, three moments in football? Sorry, I know you're a sports fan, so things are not so straightforward for you. Well, um, three quick ones. Obviously, Nigeria winning the African Cup of Nations, very much number one. Number two, reaching watching sports reach the Champions League final was a very great moment, especially the semi-final comeback against Ajax the last 30 minutes. And then the magnificent new stadium on, on Tottenham High Road. Is actually one of the great, you know, architectural masterpiece that is not entirely sports related, but it's, 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 it's one of the best stadiums around. So it's very good to have such a beautiful stadium. Is it as good as it looks on TV? I absolutely think I think it's a fabulous um, structure and the playing surface and everything about it. It looks really good on TV. Yeah, I I was supposed to go for the exhibition day, one of the opening events, mm. but I haven't had the opportunity to, to attend any matches there as yet. There's always been one issue or the other, but I will definitely go before the end of the season and I will come back to give you <laughs> feedback <laughs> you on that, but I'm sure it does look I hope you don't go as, the day, as, as beautiful on as, the day as, you're going to get thumped or something, but yeah. Um, on a personal note, it's been a it's been a really difficult decade for me. It's difficult for me to pick out um, a moment. I was I consider it one of the biggest privileges of my entire existence as a human being that I followed the super egos from their camp in Faro in uh, Portugal as they prepared for that 2013 African Cup of Nations in South Africa. And I followed them through every city till the cup was won in Johannesburg. And I always remember how it was that when the players were getting the medals and the cup, I stood back and I was just watching because I had such a belief in this team that they were going to win it. I didn't know what my belief was in. Possibly I would say the belief was in the unity of the squad and because of their of their coach. Mm. So I just had that belief that it would but when it was won, I was I was overwhelmed and I just couldn't even um I couldn't celebrate it like um I probably should have. Mm. That 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 was my biggest I think memory. when they beat Ivory Coast that gave me the belief as well that you know what, I think these guys will go on all the way. Because that team was a powerful team. The Avoidance, right? Yes. Okay. Um, my second moment of the decade was I was driving, was driving back. I don't even know where I went. I was driving back when I heard over the radio that Alex Ferguson had retired, and I had this lump in my throat because, unlike many people, he was not the only manager of Manchester United that I knew. Um, I was. I remember when Ron Atkinson was the manager, but Sir Alex was just, I still maintain, 
It's his birthday today as we record this podcast. I still think he was not a human being. I don't think he's a human being. I really don't think that Alex is a human being. So that was that was a it was a very, very difficult moment to um, to take when Sir Alex um, retired. My third and final moment will be that morning when um, I got the call that Stephen Keshi died. I don't even, I can't begin to explain the emotions that happened that that night when I found out that um, Stephen Keshi had died. But yeah, these are the three, these are the three moments that, that stand out for me in the decade as really, really filled with many standout moments. We've got on the line from Kent, um, Arsenal season ticket holder, Super Eagles passionate fan, uh, Kunle, also known as at I is it Iderips? What do you call that? Your Iderips. Iderips, yes, as him. He's going to tell us his um, his three main moments of the decade. Kunle. The three, the, uh, the, the three moments will encompass both. Though. It's not like it's three for Arsenal and three for United and three for okay. Nigeria. Okay. Um, for my second moment of the last decade, uh, where it's, it's, an achieve, it's not an achievement, basically, it's a, for me, and I know for you personally, Calvin is also a sad moment would be when we lost the great Stephen Cash. Uh, it was a very sad moment for football fans, Nigerian football fans, uh, football fans across the world and also for all the clubs he's played for because um, I actually believe that uh, without the great man passing, uh, yeah, he he might have lost his way with the, with the Super Eagles when he, he was sad. And I actually believe if uh, the big man was still alive now, we as usual Nigerian would have find a way to lay him back to be in charge of the team. Uh, he has a very, very great influence on the team from his playing days also. And also by the time he actually managed and won the African Cup of Nations among all the all these other achievements. So that will be my second moment of the decade. Mm. Um, and my third moment of the decade is the day that the great, the great Asenvenger finally took a bow and left 
characters as a render kind of it's a manager that I love the way he plays. I have a I have a twelve year old boy that I'm always praying that maybe maybe before Vinga actually leaves Arsenal he managed to train under him at Arsenal but unfortunately uh, and I think at the right time because I was one of the people that was staunchly behind him when things were going wrong and at a point I think two years before he actually left I knew that it was time for the big man to step down um, but the, the day he actually did say his final goodbye at the Emirates I went to watch the game but I had the I, I, don't, I don't even remember what happened at the game I, 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 I cried um, we've got joining us on um, your sports memo this New Year Eve is a passionate Liverpool fan. She is uh, on Twitter. She's um, at Eki Shirley. Um, anybody who's a Liverpool fan on Twitter will probably have seen her handle, and she's been published by quite a number of Liverpool Liverpool handles and um, Liverpool um, sites. She is going to tell us her three. Has three moments of the decade. Um, okay, thank you for coming on your sports memo. Can you tell us what your your three football moments of the decade are? You feel free, feel free to make it all about Liverpool. Feel free, it's all right. We'll forgive you. Okay, thank you for having me. First off, <sighs> three moments in the decade. Now that's that's quite difficult, I have to say, to restrict it to three. We don't have time. You already you already know it's going to be about Liverpool. Okay, so the first one was <laughs> the first one was the Champions League final in two thousand and five. Obviously, um, that's not in this decade. Time. That's not in this decade. Right. 20, I'm getting old. I'm sorry. Twenty ten to twenty nineteen. Okay, now the first one. The first one, it's a painful one. It was a game, Liverpool versus Blackpool, right? And we lost that game 2-1. And there was an interview where our coach at the time, Roy Hudson, said that Liverpool wasn't too big to lose to Blackpool. That day, I literally died as a Liverpool fan. Literally, like that was Liverpool gone to the dogs, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was Liverpool gone to the dogs. Then the second one was the 2013-2014 um, EPL season. We came so close. Lovely. It was the game. It was <laughs> it was Liverpool versus Fulham, and at halftime, Liverpool was three goals up, and then. By the end of the game, it was a draw. Now, the game before that, we had lost to Chelsea. And the game before that, we won Man City, but Jordan Henderson got a red card in that game. Funny thing, the three games he didn't play, we got four points out of possible nine. And then we lost that um, title to City by two points. That game, Suarez broke down and cried. It hurt to the bone marrow, you know. But it felt like, yeah, there was hope. Then the best of them all was the last UCL um, campaign, the second leg between Liverpool and Barcelona at Anfield. Mm. It was summed up by four words, three words. Connor taking quickly, Origi. That was, that was my third. 
saw this. I saw this the other day. I saw this the other day on Twitter, and yeah. uh, it was Trent Alexander Arnold's um, decade, decade, decade stuff, and he also used that um, Barcelona match. What? Yes. What, what? What? What is bigger? Beating Barcelona four three over two legs, or winning the Champions League itself? Now, winning the Champions League, you would think would stand out more, but mm-hmm. the Barcelona games stood out because. So after the first leg, we were three goals down. Mm-hmm. Barcelona is supposedly the team to beat. Mm-hmm. They have artificial intelligence playing for them in the person of Lionel Messi, yes. because he's not a human being. Okay. So you would think that, okay, so it's done and dusted, but there's, there's that thing about having a manager who knows how to tap into the emotions of his players. He has, he has tapped into the emotions of everyone, literally, the players, the staff at the club, the fans, and everybody's behind them. So I read that there was an interview where after the first leg, he said to them that, yes, so it is impossible to beat Barcelona, but if there is anybody who can do it, it is you guys. That amount of belief in his players, I can only imagine what it does for them. Having a boss who tells you that it gives you all the energy to go out and conquer titans, not just mere mortals. So that's why the second leg of that game Mm. stood out more for me. And the performance level, uh, having watched the games, after the Barcelona game, watching the Champions League final was boring because... We had seen it all. They had given it all in that second half, literally. So what? It was an anticlimax to watch the actual final. Wow. Okay. Listen, thanks, Eki. Thank you so very much <laughs> for coming on your sports memo. Thanks. Hope I didn't bore you too much. No, you didn't. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay. It is. It is absolutely appropriate that I have to come to to you, family. Saying that um, Eki said that Liverpool fans so dismissively decided that the Champions League final was an anticlimax. Yeah, I, I agree with I agree with um, with Eki there because Liverpool had you know they, they had pretty much won that match even before the ball was kicked. Why is that? I don't understand that. Why? How can how can anybody say that? The way you beat the way Spurs beat Ajax. The way Spurs knocked out Ajax was just as dramatic as the way um, Liverpool knocked out um, Barcelona. Yeah, I I know, but there was just something that wasn't there that say, you know, that day was the day that you go one step further and and get your name on the trophy. They were just not up for it. The team selection, a lot of factors, the coach was... I I think the gap between the semi-final and the final played it could it could have worked in our favor. It didn't. The gap was to, it was about a month difference between the semi final and the final. It was close to a month, so there was a lot of um, uncertainties around the coach's future. Started rumbling up, and the adrenaline they just couldn't really come out of that. They say, you know what? There's still a job to be done I for have, the final. I'm they sorry, just, I have no excuse for I, any player. It's just it's just what happened. I don't know. It's just you can't get yourself up to play in. Your club's first Champions League. In fact, it's a, it was Spurs' first European Cup Champions League final. Yeah, ever. Yeah. So how can you not get yourself up for that? It's just uh, 
can't, I can't explain. It's just, it's just the unfortunate thing that happened. I just didn't really feel. I would have loved to play Barcelona in that final compared to Liverpool. Really? Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll come back to this. Yes. After um, Eki Shelley and her Liverpool rambles and um, Femi trying to excuse Spurs' abject display in the Champions League final. I've got on the line um, a Manchester United fan. His name is Bola Adegbomire. On Twitter, he's at. What's that your Twitter handle again, Bola? Bobocones, spelled B O B O K O N S. Yes, he's Bobocones on, um, on Twitter. But okay, I would say um, one of my three top um, football moments of the decade would be the 2012 20, 20, 13 win for Manchester United. Um, that that was um, a glorious season. The many comebacks with um, RVP, and then at the end of the season, Fergie bowing out. That was uh, one. Um, the Super Eagles winning the Nations Cup. Um, probably coached by my most favorite. Um, Super Eagles player of all time, the big boss himself, late Steven Keshi. I think <laughs> that <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm laughing to myself as I'm remembering. I'm remembering uh, what's the gentleman's name that scored our goal in the semi final. I mean, just uh, that win was uh, umba, umba, umba. Yes. I mean, yes. that win was that win was. Um, that was over the moon for me and over the top. But then I would say maybe the the third one. Well, I could say maybe that uh, ah, one. Well, I, I, I'll take this goal against uh, Manchester City because I clearly remember when he scored that goal. I kept on saying this goal has to be the match we didn't goal. Anything less than this. It will just do this goal that make it seven. So I probably, I mean, considering that I didn't have the chance to think about it before now, but I think those will be my top three moments of the decade. It was 2010. Yes, yes, yes. yes we won the, the title. The season that we won, the mm. season that we won, it was um, Van Persie's deflected and free kick at right the, at the dot of yes, um, extra the time that won us at the yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Listen, thank you very much, Bella. Thank you for coming on your sports memoir at such a short notice. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the sports memo. We've got another Arsenal and another passionate Arsenal and passionate Super Eagles fan on the line. He's um, Imadele Wachuku. Imadele is a, has become a regular on your sports memo and it's always an honor and a privilege to have him. Um, Ima, we, what the decade is about to end, some, some are still arguing that the decade hasn't ended. But whatever, decade is about to end for the purposes of this show. Uh, what have been your two or three standout moments, either for Arsenal or the Super Eagles of Nigeria? Well, um, it's nice to be back on the show. Um, the last time I was here, we were debating if um, I am actually fired or, or, or not. <laughs> Good evening. And <laughs> here we are. And here we are. Um, he has been fired. His his interim has even stepped down for a new manager to take over. So it's, it's good to be here and it's good to be looking at um, at the last decade to see um, what what are the things that stood out for me in the last decade. 
Number one would definitely have to be 2014. It's um, for Arsenal, 2014. Mm. Uh, it's, it's very easy not to forget this. I think it's May 17th, 2014, when um, Arsenal finally ended the long, long drought without a trophy. Mm. I, I, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that day. Bar to watch, and luckily for me, I was I was on hand to see Ramsey talking that third goal. And it was I, I broke down in tears. I, I broke down in tears really. It was someone would say it's just the FA Cup. It wasn't the league. It wasn't the Champions League. But it is good. I almost it's, it's I, last one, I almost forgot what it felt like. What it felt like to win. I'd almost forgot to what it felt like to win, and I, and I saw it again with Arsene Wenger, who didn't even know how to celebrate. So again, the man has been forgotten how to win titles. He didn't know how to celebrate. He was just lost, roaming about aimlessly. Sure. So that, that was that was the high point for me. Another was us winning the um, African Cup of Nations, um, led led by Stephen Keshi. Um, it, it was it was fun for me for three, three reasons. Um, I was so proud to see that we got into the record of having a Nigerian win a Cup of Nations, both as a player and as a manager. Mm. And I felt I felt Keshi had earned the right to be that man whose name is in gold. Um, secondly, I, again, it was like I was almost forgotten how it, how it feels like to win as, as a Nigerian. The last time I saw Nigeria win anything was, was 1996. Any major title was in 1996, mm. the Olympic gold before then was in 1994. Um, so it was, I was almost to that point where I thought that it was difficult for me to tell my children's stories of Nigeria winning anything because they were fine between. And I think the, the thought which which made that Nations Cup memorable for me was that a Nigerian who plays in the local league scored the winning goal, the decisive goal. Mm. It, it was it was a huge statement for me. It, it was a huge statement for me. I I really am not that person who clamors for having um, Nigerian based guys play national team. I I don't do I don't do quota system. I've always believed that whatever the manager feels best interprets his ideals to make it. Mm. But it, it it was also telling that the the guys who put in the work in the Nigerian league don't get the recognition they desire they don't get the coverage don't get the mileage um all of us are guilty of one thing which is not really our fault that we are so fixated on the european um, f- football mm, mm. and basically it, it is it is the best product we have to buy as, as viewers and so it's lovely we don't get to see what happens in the local league um, so to see a nigerian sondemba and it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't an um, Obamayan Gonzagi or Patrick or this and kind of goal where the ball is on the six 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 yard goals and then you tap him mm. to the goal. Mm. He had to create his own goal. Indeed, it was more or less like he had the assist and yes. he had the goal. Indeed, all by himself. Mm. And he, I was so happy that no no one scored. So that was just the only goal. And then so you cannot tell that story of that competition. Without that Sunday back, sadly he, he fizzled out just as he, he came into the limelight. 
what what would be my thought? My thought was was the day. Um, my thought was the day uh, after Benga announced that he was leaving us. My colleagues were shocked because I was there was tears in my eyes. I was I was really trying to cry. I was, I was crying. Uh, I, I joined. He, he made me join Arsenal. You know, I'm one of those who will say that all my Arsenal life career has largely formed around as a danger. So when he said he was leaving, uh, a part of me died. And because of just three moments stood out for me in the DKG footballing words. Thank you. Thank you, Ima. And for the concluding part of this episode of Your Sports Memo, uh, we have the Premier League team of the decade. And goal, David De Gea. Um, defenders Nemanja Mati, Vidic, Company, Aspelequeta, and Ashley Cole complete the back four. In midfield, we have Eden Hazard, Yaya Toure, and David Silva. And the, the front three Aguero, Van Persie, and Rooney. Let, you have to let us know. Let me let you know, listeners, that this is famous. This is Femi's team of decade. I'm not disagreeing, neither am I agreeing with him. But this is Femi's team of the decade. Anyway, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having um, you guys listen to us. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe, and um, we'll come your way again very early in the new year. Thanks again. Thank you. And from our producer Femi and myself. We wish you a prosperous and happy 2020. Femi, bye. Bye.